Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story. This is Chelsea. I'm here today with my co-host Ryan, and we are in Joshua talking about AI, or as Ryan says, I can't stop thinking about pirates now. I, <laughs> I like it. And uh, Aiken. Oh man, Aiken. That poor guy. Actually, not really, because he disobeyed. But yep. um, his poor family. That's what I'm going to say. His poor family. All right, what's the got to you today? Uh, okay, so this this whole this whole way that we go about punishing Aiken, where we just assemble the entire nation of Israel, and then like pick the the tribe, and then the clan, and then the family, and then the individual. It seems like Aiken could have been like, you know what, guys, it was me. Or God could have been like, you know what? It was Aiken. <laughs> it just seems very intense. <laughs> like if it was like, guys, there is sin in the church. Sunday morning, let's get together. God's going to reveal to us which side of the church this person <laughs> is on. Then he's going to reveal to us which section on that side, then which row, and then which seat. Although in Lancaster County, we probably could do We could go clan by clan and family. family. <laughs> yeah, we could. We could. It's very intense. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe maybe it shows us just actually how lost in sin and deception that Aiken is. Because mm. I guess he still thought he was going to get away. Like, even when it was like, it was this specific family, who could it be? Aiken's like, maybe they'll pick my brother. <laughs> maybe they'll get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that seems very intense. It ends up that Aiken had stolen stuff that he wasn't supposed to. He buried it under his tent, and he gets stoned and burned for that situation. And his family does, And too. his family, yeah. Wait, hold on. Just his sons and his daughters. Well, that seems like enough to designate I mean, a yeah. family. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, where's his wife? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe she got out. She left. She was an eye. I... <laughs> <laughs> so, again, this is just like a... a, a piece of the narrative where we recognize how important it is to follow the covenant. And when you don't follow the covenant, God releases you from the blessings of the covenant, um, which puts you in serious peril, (laughs) honestly. Yes, it does. But it affected the entire nation because they could not defeat the city. Right. Because there was sin and there was deception. Right. So Joshua's immediate response to losing the first battle is like, what's going on? Like, why have you allowed this to happen? And God's like, stop that. Yeah. Go do this very complicated process of our judicial system. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then they defeat AI. Like one, And it's, I think it's so funny that the Lord was, what, what is it? At the, um, verse 26, chapter 7, verse 26 says, so the Lord was no longer angry. And then they moved on. There you go. Um, but it is kind of like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just kind of going back to uh, this sacrifice it's not a sacrifice but the sacrificial system mm-hmm. of how like this wrong needs to be righted and then we can keep going yeah yeah and i i think a lot of it is in terms of the covenant like if you will stay committed to this covenant which you have struck between yourselves and god you will be blessed and if you are not you will not be blessed um and so that's that's what we see here they're they're not being blessed actually their entire nation is not being blessed because of the sins of one person. Hmm. Um, so it, it's just the seriousness. It's the seriousness that God takes this covenant with. And um, 
Achan's responsible for the lives of the people that were killed in the first battle. Like his sin, because of his sin, those people were killed. And so, I mean, it's not like he went and killed them himself, but be, but it's because of him. And so it, there was a serious consequence mm-hmm. for his disobedience. So a really, really interesting contrast. Like if you're if you're looking at this and you're like, man, God, like why are you so mean to poor Achan? We also have, we've just read about Rahab, which is the exact opposite. Hmm. So here we have Rahab coming from a nation of people who are against God. We know that because like it's been, it's been told us Mm -hmm. several times, been told to us. Um, But she alone is willing to have faith in God. Mm -hmm. And because she alone is willing to stand out and have faith in God, she preserves her entire family. Mm -hmm. So Achan is stepping out and saying he doesn't want to listen to God and his entire family is judged. Mm -hmm. Rahab is stepping out and saying she does have faith in God and her entire family finds salvation. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's really cool. So at the same time, like, like I I do think it gives us this really sound picture of a God of justice, Mm -hmm. because if you are willing to be faithful, he will preserve you. And if you are not faithful, he will judge you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about um, the Gibeonites deceiving Israel? I don't, I don't, I don't know a ton about what's going on there other than like, actually, it seems like what they did seems kind of smart. This is, maybe this is something we'll cut out later. <laughs> I, last episode, I went back to VeggieTales. I very specifically remember a flannel graph. Oh man, story flannel graphs of are this, the best. Of the Gibeonites deceiving the Israelites and the little moldy bread. <laughs> no way. I do. Moldy bread flannel graph. Yeah. Guys, if you're wondering if we grew up in church. Like, as soon as we talk about flannel graphs, you can be like, oh, yes, they did. We did. Yes. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening to God's Whole Story today. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Today we're reading from the book of Joshua, starting in chapter 7. We'll also be reading briefly from First Chronicles to bring some context to the story. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for, for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah. The son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, was Achan, who brought disaster on Israel by taking plunder that had been set apart for the Lord. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth Haven. When they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or three thousand men to attack Ai. Since there were so few of them, don't make all our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to honor your great name? 
But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their belongings. This is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now, Israel itself had been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction." Get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. In the morning, you must present yourselves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. The tribe must come forward with its clans, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. That clan will then come forward, and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. The one who has stolen what was set apart for destruction will himself be burned with fire, along with everything he has, for he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done a horrible thing in Israel." Early the next morning, Joshua brought the tribes of Israel before the Lord, and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Then the clans of Judah came forward, and the clan of Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward, and the family of Zimri was singled out. Every member of Zimri's family was brought forward person by person, and Achan was singled out. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent, with the silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and attack I. I have given you the king of Ai, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you have destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the town. So Joshua and all the fighting men set out to attack Ai. Joshua chose 30,000 of his best warriors and sent them out at night. With these orders, hide in ambush close behind the town and be ready for action. When our main army attacks, the men of Ai will come out to fight as they did before, and we will run away from them. We will let them chase us until we have drawn them away from the town, for they will say the Israelites are running away from us as they did before. Then while we are running from them, you will jump up from your ambush and take possession of the town, for the Lord your God will give it to you. Set the town on fire as the Lord has commanded. You have your orders. So they left and went to the place of ambush between Bethel and the west side of Ai. But Joshua remained among the people in the camp that night. Early the next morning, Joshua roused his men and started towards Ai, accompanied by the elders of Israel. All the fighting men who were with Joshua marched in front of the town 
and camped on the north side of Ai with the valley between them and the town. That night, Joshua sent about 5,000 men to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the town. So they stationed the main army north of the town and the ambush west of the town. Joshua himself spent that night in the valley. When the king of Ai saw the Israelites across the valley, he and all his army hurried out early in the morning and attacked the Israelites at a place overlooking the Jordan Valley. But he didn't realize there was an ambush behind the town. Joshua and the Israelite army fled toward the wilderness as though they were badly beaten. Then all the men in the town were called out to chase after them. In this way, they were lured away from the town. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not chase after the Israelites, and the town was left wide open. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Point the spear in your hand towards I, for I will hand the town over to you. Joshua did as he was commanded. As soon as Joshua gave the signal, all the men in ambush jumped up from their position and poured into the town. They quickly captured it and set it on fire. When the men of Ai looked behind them, smoke from the town was filling the sky, and they had nowhere to go. For the Israelites, who had fled in the direction of the wilderness, now turned on their pursuers. When Joshua and all the other Israelites saw that the ambush had succeeded and that smoke was rising from the town. They turned and attacked the men of Ai. Meanwhile, the Israelites who were inside the town came out and attacked the enemy from the rear. So the men of Ai were caught in the middle with Israelite fighters on both sides. Israel attacked them and not a single person survived or escaped. Only the king of Ai was taken alive and brought to Joshua. When the Israelite army finished chasing and killing all the men of Ai in the open fields, they went back and finished off everyone inside. So the entire population of Ai, including the men and women, was wiped out that day, 12,000 in all. For Joshua kept holding out his spear until everyone who had lived in Ai were completely destroyed. Only the livestock and the treasures of the town were not destroyed, for the Israelites kept these as plunder for themselves, as the Lord had commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned the town of Ai, and it became a permanent mound of ruins, desolate to this very day. Joshua impaled the king of Ai on a sharpened pole and left him there until evening. At sunset, the Israelites took down the body as Joshua commanded and threw it in front of the town gate. They piled a great heap of stones over him that can still be seen to this day. Then Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal. He followed the commands that Moses the Lord's servant had written in the book of instruction. Make me an altar from stones that are uncut and have not been shaped with iron tools. Then on the altar they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. And as the Israelites watched, Joshua copied onto the stones of the altar the instructions Moses had given them. Then all the Israelites, foreigners and native-born alike, along with the elders, officers, and judges, were divided into two groups. One group stood in the front of Mount Gerizim, the other in the front of Mount Ebal. Each group faced the other, and between them stood the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. This was all done according to the commands that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously given for blessing the people of Israel. Joshua then read them all the blessings and curses Moses had written in the book of instruction. Every word of every command that Moses had ever given was read to the entire assembly of Israel, including the women and the children and the foreigners who lived among them. Now all the kings west of the Jordan River heard about what had happened. These were the kings of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who lived in the hill country in the western foothills, and along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far north as the Lebanon Mountains. These kings combined their armies to fight as one against Joshua and the Israelites. But when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to deception to save themselves. They sent ambassadors to Joshua, loading their donkeys with weathered saddlebags and old patched 
wineskins. They put on worn-out patched sandals and ragged clothes, and the bread they took with them was dry and moldy. When they arrived at the camp of Israel at Gilgal, they told Joshua and the men of Israel, We have come from a distant land to ask you to make a peace treaty with us. The Israelites replied to these Hivites, How do we know you don't live nearby? For if you do, we cannot make a treaty with you. They replied, We are your servants. But who are you? Joshua demanded. Where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country. We have heard only of the might of the Lord your God and all he did in Egypt. We have also heard what he did to the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who lived in Ashtaroth. So our elders and all the people instructed us, take supplies for a long journey. Go meet with the people of Israel and tell them, we are your servants. Please make a treaty with us. This bread was hot from the ovens when we left our homes. But now, as you can see, it is dry and moldy. These wineskins were new when we filled them, but now they are old and split open. And our clothing and sandals are worn out from our very long journey. So the Israelites examined their food, but they did not consult the Lord. Then Joshua made a peace treaty with them and guaranteed their safety. And the leaders of the community ratified their agreement with a binding oath. Three days after making the treaty, they learned that these people actually lived nearby. The Israelites set out at once to investigate and reached their towns in three days. The names of these towns were Gibeon, Kephira, Biroth, and Kiriath-Jerim. But the Israelites did not attack the towns, for the Israelite leaders had made a vow to them in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. The people of Israel grumbled against their leaders because of the treaty. But the leaders replied, Since we have sworn an oath in the presence of the Lord, the God of Israel, we cannot touch them. This is what we must do. We must let them live, for divine anger would come upon us if we broke our oath. Let them live. So as they made them woodcutters and water carriers for the entire community, as the Israelite leaders directed. Joshua called together the Gibeonites and said, Why did you lie to us? Why did you say that you live in a distant land when you live right here among us? May you be cursed. From now on, you will always be servants who cut wood and carry water for the house of God. They replied, We did it because we, your servants, were clearly told that the Lord your God commanded his servant Moses to give you the entire land and destroy all of the people living in it. So we fear greatly for our lives because of you. That is why we have done this. Now we are at your mercy. Do to us whatever you think is right. So Joshua did not allow the people of Israel to kill them. But that day he made the Gibeonites the woodcutters and water carriers for the community of Israel and for the altar of the Lord, wherever the Lord would choose to build it. And that is why they do this to this day. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.